In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's be seated. I'm going to talk mostly today about the Gospel reading, but we'll make reference to the reading from Numbers because Jesus does as he's talking to Nicodemus. So this is one of the most famous chapters of all of Scripture, the third chapter of uh, the Gospel according to St. John. It's a discussion between two rabbis. It's a theological discussion between two rabbis. Uh, Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Jesus has a lover's quarrel with the Pharisees. They are the religious or theological party in uh, Judaism that is closest to Jesus. They think that the nation stands in repentance. So does he. They think that the nation needs spiritual renewal. He's come to bring it. They believe in the resurrection. Not all of the Jewish people then believe in a resurrection. Uh, he believes in the resurrection. So does Jesus. Jesus says, I am the resurrection, the way, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. But Jesus also does these things that befuddle the Pharisees. The problem is sin. The problem is unrighteousness. The problem is unholy, is a lack of holiness. How are we to restore our nature, our nation as a righteous and holy nation? Clearly what we must do is we must find those who are sinners, we must judge them, and uh, in our contemporary way of speaking, we must cancel them. One of the things that we're rediscovering in our time is, uh, and this is something that under the power of the cross and under the power of the Christian gospel uh, was broken. That's the idea of a taboo. A taboo is something different from sin. A taboo is something you do that and there's no way back. So we're, we're, we're rediscovering that. We're rediscovering the idea that you do something and there's no way back. We're rediscovering the idea that you do something and you're canceled. Now the Pharisees think that just that kind of thing is the very solution that is needed. Find the sinners, root them out, put them away. Gather the holy, gather the righteous. And then God will lift up Israel again. And God has promised that he will send his Messiah, his anointed king, to do just that. And the Pharisees are looking for this Messiah that will come. And Jesus looks like him. He, he looks like he will do everything that the Messiah is supposed to do, except that he eats and drinks with sinners. He goes and he finds the unrighteous and the unholy. We, we have to understand this. This is really important. These are not people who have made a mistake or their lives are untidy and they've done some minor thing wrong and um, they're the victims of 
un, unwarranted judgmentalism. No, these are, these are really wicked people. They've done really bad things. And somebody like Matthew, who's a tax collector, who is betraying his own people and working for the occupying army, and uh, not only collecting the money that the Romans want him to collect, but taking a skim for himself. People like Nicodemus, that slumlord. And they're, they're, they're shunned by the good people. They're shunned by the righteous people. Jesus does everything that the Messiah is supposed to do, including the miracles of healing that the Messiah is supposed to do. But then he does this thing that is absolutely befuddling, which is that he eats and he drinks with the sinners. He goes and finds Matthew. He says, you follow me. He goes and finds Nicodemus. He said, I'm going to have a party tonight at your house. He has mercy. He, has, he, he brings forgiveness. He brings a way back for those that have broken the taboo. He brings a way back for those that have been canceled. How can this be? It's confusing. And here's Nicodemus, he's a righteous man, he's a holy man, he's a much better man than you or, or, or I am, very likely. Somebody who really says his, says his prayer, somebody who really tithes, somebody who really takes care of the poor, somebody who's really hoping for the promises of God to come true. And there's a light in Jesus. And Nicodemus comes in the dark, and he's like us. We're attracted to the light. We want to come to the light. But we're not quite ready. And he hopes to engage Jesus in a dialogue. He says, okay, everything that you do, you have to be from God. Are you the Messiah? How is it that the kingdom is going to, how is it that the kingdom is going to be lifted up? How is it that the problem of sin and unrighteousness and lack of holiness, how is it that that's going to be corrected? And so this is a conversation that people always want to have, which is, what are we going to do about those wicked people over there? And over and over, people ask Jesus questions like that. And uh, over and over, he takes the spotlight off of them over there and puts it on the person that's asking the question. And so just before this section that we have today, he says to Nicodemus, um, uh, Nicodemus, you're looking for the new life. You're looking for the restoration of God's people. You're looking for the promises of God to come true. You need to be born from above by water and by the spirit. You need to be immersed in the life which I have come to bring. Uh, there's no way to ascend, but God himself has descended. And those who will humble himself, those who will humble themselves and receive the new life as a gift, they can be exalted. For he has, the Son of God, descended that we might in and through him and in and through his great sacrifice of love, ascend. Now we come to the place where we are today, and Jesus gives Nicodemus a metaphor. 
he gives him a, a biblical reference. He says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. What happened in the wilderness? Well, you know the story. They were slaves. They cried out to God. God rescued them. He brought them out of slavery into freedom. He brought them out of death into life. He made a way out of no way. He brought them to that mountain. He revealed himself in thunder and lightning. and He gave them these ten words of life. And he said, live this way and never be slaves again. And he led them on from there toward the, towards the promised land. He gave them miraculous food to eat. He gave them a miraculous drink to drink. He protected them from their enemies. And they react the way that the human heart reacts, which is in spite of all the incredible blessings of God, which he showers upon us day by day, even in this valley of tears. Nonetheless, the good God showers upon us his blessings day by day. But instead of grateful hearts, they, they say, look, God, you're no God at all. We don't believe you can save us at all. We don't believe you can help us at all. We don't believe that you have the way of life at all. We don't believe that you're leading us in the right direction. We don't trust you at all. And so God removes his protective hand. He says, you want it your way? Okay, you can have it your way. And that's poison. That's poison. We run into a, a snake in the Garden of Eden, don't we? And what does the, the snake say? You can have it just your way. You can be the king of your own life. You can be the queen of your own life. You can be a law unto yourselves. You'll be just as God. You'll be gods yourselves. And they listen to the snake, and that's poison. And the diagnosis of the Bible is that we're poisoned, that we're snake bit. And how are we to get well? Well, here's an understanding of healing from the ancient world. It's, it's still around. It's homeopathy, right? You, you hear that in the, have a little bit of the hair of the dog that bit you, right? You heard that saying? So God has let them have what the, God has let them have the poison that they want. They turn again to God, which we do when we're in trouble. And Moses prays on their behalf, and God says, Make, make, make a, an image of that serpent. So here's the image of the thing that has hurt them, and it's lifted up. Now it's dead. It's a dead thing. So here's this image of the thing that has hurt them, but it's, its sting is taken. It's dead now. It can do no more harm now. But look upon it, because that's how you got into this situation. And your healing comes your healing comes from seeing how you've gotten to the place where you are. And the the the, the recognition of the of the the recognition of the wound becomes the path to the healing. And so those that have been bitten look upon that image 
and they are healed. We're coming now to the center of the mystery of the Christian faith. We're coming to Holy Week and to Easter. We're coming to the celebration of the death and the resurrection of the Lord. The scriptures are going to be pointing us towards the mystery of our salvation in the, in the death and the resurrection, our salvation in and through the cross of Jesus Christ. What is the cross of Jesus Christ? It's the image of what the snake has done to us. It's the image of our uh, sickness. We are snake bit. And there on the cross, the, 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 the venomous darkness of the human heart is displayed. And there it's shown as something that is dead. The power of sin is shown as something that is dead, is shown as something that is vanquished, is shown as something that is conquered, conquered by the sacrificial love of the Savior who spreads out his arms of love on the heart of the cross that the whole world might come within the reach of his saving embrace. And in and through that sacrifice of love comes the new life. By that descent comes the ascent. By that revelation of the poison comes the antivenom. By that revelation of the death in which we find ourselves comes the gift of new life. Not anything that we can climb up to, but it's something that comes down to us and which is there to be received by us. And the question is that light has come. And will we come out of the darkness and into the light and receive the life that the Son of God as one for us at such great cost. How do we do it? We do it by, by immersing ourselves in our baptism, right? We've come into this life through his death and resurrection. And that power continues, and we need to continue to immerse ourselves in that power, which we do by coming here week by week and, and, and receiving as a gift this life that he wants to give us and nourishing it in ourselves by pondering the scriptures, by walking in the good works that he's given for us to walk in, by sharing in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and by clinging to this, the cross of Jesus Christ, the sign of our salvation, of our health, of our antidote for the poison, by clinging to it with everything that we have. God, give us this grace. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.